0: Hi, welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him! Praise him. I'm James. <laughs> I'm Jake. Yay! Yes. Uh, today we're going to be talking about The Big Hoo-Ha by Hoo-Ha. <laughs> you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm pumping my fists. Yes. It's part of it. Uh, we're also going to be talking about The Wizard of Oz uh, by St. Bede's College in conjunction with... Killbreda College and Mentone Girls Grammar School. Why did you say that like you don't believe they're real schools? Because I don't know how to say Killbreda, and I don't want to killbreda. I don't know who she is. Oh, sure. (laughs) Oh, that's That's a strong joke to open (laughs) on. (laughs) Oh, yeah, good rendition. Hi. Hello <laughs> James. How are you going? Um yeah. How are you going? Oh god. Uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm great. Super fine. I'm super fine? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, do you want to out of five stars how how did your week go? Well, oh, we're going straight in. Oh my god. Well, well, unless you've got some pleasantries that you'd like to cycle through. Uh, um, no. you can be that far from your mind. No, no, I'll get on to them. I'll talk about them <laughs> later. Um, okay. five stars, you say? Um, sure. Oh, like yeah, one. What? Oh, one star. One star, Jake. It's been a real shit In week. Like a... Oh God. Yeah, okay. sure. I was sick mm-hmm. for like three days of it. Great. Um, uh, which which was not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what well, just... was not great about me? <laughs> Do you want a full list? <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, you're really mean the to that witch. witch. Is a bitch. Oh. <laughs> um, uh uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, not to bring the mood down, but just like... No, bring it down. bit of a low, low... I'm having a low energy a uh, few weeks recently. I'm, right. uh, I listened back to the last episode we recorded. Yeah. Not only did I sound a lot more drunk than I thought I did. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, no, didn't sound very happy. Wasn't. Oh. I still am not. Oh, good. But you know, that's the journey of life, baby. you got to take the goods with the bad. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to take just the bad. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's where we are at the moment. Right. But that's okay. Um I didn't think you seemed like but I'm famously bad at judging if someone's drunk or on drugs or anything. So I didn't think you seemed that drunk. If you hadn't oh, told sure. me you were drunk I wouldn't I th- have noticed. I think It's just the voice because there were there was one or two times when I slowed slurred my words a little mm. bit ah, okay. too much. Sure. And I can I at least I can tell. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I sounded like that, apologies if that offended you. James, it's long it's been a long standing policy on this podcast and in my life to not tolerate hypothetical apologies. Hypothetical hyperpologies. Like Hypopologies. Hypopologies. It's a hypothetical apology. That sounds like some sort of elbow dysfunction. Hypopology. It does. Doesn't it? You have terminal hypopology. Yes. Oh, my God! <laughs> your elbows will never bend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um. Sorry. No. How was your week, Jake? Five my- stars? Go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, God. Out of five stars? Mm, let's decide by the end of my summary. Let's see. I also... A fair bit of depression throughout. Terrific. Otherwise... What happened? Went to a birthday party. Fun. Yep, a joint birthday party. It was disco themed. Disco was fantastic, well we chosen theme. Otherwise, what else happened? Hmm It's okay if not much happens Thinking sound Thinking sound No there was a thing That I was going to mention Oh I finally got to the end of Immortals It took me the like mo- a week. The movie The movie Immortals Oh I love that movie People hate that movie oh I love God. that movie It's got Angelina Jolie in it You're thinking of the Eternals I'm thinking of the Eternals oh. 100% Which last I, think, I'm, I believe it was last week That I brought up the fact That I was watching Immortals And then I said it wasn't The Marvel one And then you reprimanded me For being so damn harsh it, Damn it Yes What's no. the Immortals The Immortals We talked about it last week it's I the was one drunk You were drunk It's got <laughs> Henry Cavill in it So it was like Henry Cavill At his most handsome Oh yes And he's I like A confusing Historical figure Called Theseus I don't know If he actually existed But it was like him Didn't Theseus have a ship That's another Marvel reference It's actually oh. An ancient Literature reference But no. I have no idea But okay. Luke Evans plays Zeus And Kellen Lutz Plays Poseidon And So it's, it's based so on fact it's so boring. It was wildly oh, really? boring. And like, when I spoke about it last week, I was maybe like a third of the way through it. And then I finished watching it. Like yesterday is when I finished watching it. Mm. Things that stuck out as being especially terrible and confusing about it was like the guards sort of made this decision not to intervene in, like, the, the, the matters of men. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And so then... How then, long did that last? Not super long, mm. because um, they, they got antsy. But then, <laughs> like, so they sort of, like, release the evil guy, who I think was Mickey Rourke, Unleash the Titans. So you know how like the Titans were like stuck in Mount Tartarus? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a very flimsy knowledge of like the very early stages of Greek mythology and whatnot. Yep. And I know that that's a thing that happened. That is a thing. Their depiction of the Titans being stuck in Tartarus. <laughs> which I think is one of the weaker depictions that I've seen. I think Charmed handled it better than... <laughs> Did Charmed have a Tartarus plotline? Charmed had a thing where the... Ti- I believe it was the Titans... It was it was around the phase, the phase in Charmed. It was like mid Rose McGowan part of Charmed, where they started getting quite mythical in yeah. the way that they brought in like was like Valkyries and there were like Vikings. I was much younger than you when this was happening. That's so incorrect. I, I vaguely remember. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they got to a point where they sort of all became goddesses and like Piper was the goddess of nature. And I feel like, I feel like Paige became like God of War or something. And there was a point where they, someone freed the Titans from like the rocks that they were in. Mm. And one of the guys was a guy that they... From memory, he was a guy that they already cast in the show before as one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They got him back to oh, play like an angry titan. That's a great movie. It was like the second time that they made a confusing double casting choice. It was the same as when they used the, a woman that had played like a confused teen witch's aunt in the past. And then they got her to then play Phoebe's boss when she worked as a advice columnist in a newspaper when uh, Nick Lachey eventually was her boss. They did that in Community though with um season six, the um uh, Jack, what's her name? Jackie? No. I the- don't know. Uh, the, um, that dark haired woman That judged yeah, everybody Yeah comes in Yeah yeah I love that character But she was the IT lady In season 5 Oh Yeah yeah Goodness. Did they explain it They did They were like um, Someone She she said that she was Trying to contact the IT lady But all the responses Came back in like Unlegible glyphs And <laughs> And um, she couldn't understand. Oh, okay. which is pretty funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, but no. In fucking immortals, the titans were portrayed as these sort of like dark grey men that were trapped quack, quack. in this <laughs> quack quack trapped in this golden cage, and their mouth. So they were all sort of like standing in a grid. And they... You know, like, foosball tables? You know how it's, like, little little soccer figurines stuck on a pole? I'm aware. That's how they were trapped. So they were standing in, like like, a foosball formation inside this cage with a metal rod running, like, through their mouths just in the way that they were, like, biting down on the rod. And they were always... And they weren't even, like, unconscious or, like, frozen. They were just standing there just, like, looking around. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, someone would, like, come into their, like, mystical cage room and then sort of, like, look up at them, like, <laughs> let us out! <laughs> that, that sounds like it could be horrifying. Sure, but the idea that they've been doing that for, like, hundreds of years. Just standing there ready for someone to play a bit of foosball. It just seemed a bit goofy to me. But, yeah, super duper dull, but really good to see what Henry was up to. And I don't know why I've spent this much time talking about immortals. And Tartarus. Also, as well... My teeth are quite Tartarus. I need to go to the dentist. Your teeth... For oh. God's sake. Yeah, no. On that one. Um, but no, otherwise, I finally got myself to watch the finale of Killing Eve. Ugh. I'm like, have you watched it? No, no, I just know that it gets worse. Yeah, so I've, I've seen, seen d- season one and a bit of season two. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, I finally got to the end of the final season, which was difficult because my god, it sucks. Yeah. As far as like storyline, character development, everything that was ever good about the show. It's Most just, like of gaunt. Okay. Yeah. And so the end and it was like, skip this part if you don't want the end of Killing Eve to be spoiled. Spoilers. Yes, yeah, spoilers, sorry, it's <laughs> gonna get spoiled. But it was like interesting to sort of like experience it, find it very underwhelming for a number of reasons, and then you know, I'm sure you've done this thing as well. I think it's a very Contemporary experience that is quite satisfying and necessary when uh-huh. it comes to this type of closure, is like experiencing a disappointing television turn and then going to the internet to make sure that your feelings have been shared oh. and validated by other people. Absolutely, yes. It's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Bloody Absolutely. classic example. Come. The best thing about Game of Thrones was the like video essay responses to the finale. People were angry. There were petitions. Oh my God. Yeah. So fucking good. So yeah, it was a similar thing. It was like a number of people said that this was more disappointing than the end of, like, end of Game of Thrones. That but bad. That's what like Killing Eve fans said, like, but yeah, all five like, of them. Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, it was like I'd say like it was just it was bad <laughs> Take storytelling. A One element of the bad storytelling, and I won't dwell on this because I'm sure like a lot of people don't give a fuck about Killing Eve, which mm-hmm. is fair. It's a real waste of two really wonderful actors mm-hmm. and arguably Fiona Shaw. Anyway. um... Yeah, it was a whole thing of, like, this build-up they had about these, like, these 12 people that were, like, running this, like, evil corporation and then eventually, like, that the girl that does all the accents that is an assassin, yeah. she eventually, like, finds them and kills them all but we never get to see what they look like we never get to learn anything about who they are what? The slaughter itself happens in slow motion while it's interspersed with Sandra O oh and a wedding of strangers dancing to The Hustle It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's poorly made television. That sounds bad. And then, in a way that is almost reminiscent of Game of Thrones, sort of, is like when Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer finally get to have this sort of like lesbian embrace, and you think that everything's over. J- like <laughs> Jodie Comer, like the assassin, like Villanelle woman, Mm-mm. gets shot and then like drowns in the river that they're on. What? And it's like, and that's how it ends. It's like Sandra O oh reaching for dying Villanelle, and then she like is just out of reach, gets swept away by a current, and then that's how it ends. Is that's Sandra O screaming ending. in the water? Okay, it's a weird ending. And then what was interesting is like because before I'd seen the finale, I had come across an article that was, and this was what sort of like piqued my interest, but also made me wary of ever watching the finale. Uh-huh. where there was one that was like, uh, "Killing Eve" betrays its queer audience, and it was like, oh god, oh, this yeah. sounds upsetting, but very interesting though. Job and job. It was interesting the way this article went into the thing of like, we don't need to keep seeing, as this wasn't a case, this was a case of, was we don't need to see more queer characters being given these tragic endings, especially one where in this case, it was if they hadn't murdered her, it was going to be a tale of a queer person finding redemption and having a happy ending and living a positive life, as does happen in apparently the books that the TV show was based on. But they decided to kill one of them. Yes, maybe just for it to be shocking or maybe for it to... It, it could it's be something for Fiona Shaw character, Fiona point. Shaw's character to do, but um, so that that was one interesting take on it. I thought, and that's the final of Killing Eve. Yeah, and yeah, it was really not worth my time. Oh, <laughs> well, <so>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched the penultimate episode of the All Stars All Winners season of Drag Race. Okay, and that's it a lot is of subtitles so good. It's so good, Jake. Mm-hmm. It is so good. They're all so good at what they do. They're all having a great time. None of them are being sent home which means they're all just sort of relaxing and having fun. The judges aren't doing any negative critiques, so everyone's just being, like, idolised. It's so nice. Mm. Yeah, and the season final- second, uh, penultimate episode, the semi-final, I suppose, mm. if you want a sports turn. Um, they're all going to be lip-syncing in the next show. It's just very exciting, Jake. Great. As someone that is a big fan of the Ripples uh, uh, drag race. Yes. I'm excited to see the next one, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. Uh, And and hear your reactions. Well, all I will be doing is what I'm doing now, which is blankly staring at you with nothing to say because I know nothing about RuPaul's Drag Race. Giant wet eyes. My big wet eyes. Mm. Yep. So I guess I'll give my week, I don't know, 42 stars. Fucking hell. Because that's as many years as Villanelle and Sandra O's character should have had together before they both succumbed to some sort of disease. Together. Lesbian disease. Lesbian disease Mm -hmm. and then die at a similar distance from each other that Johnny and June did. That's what I wish for them. Well, do you want your lover to die first? Um, I wouldn't want them to die, but, but if it's... Hmm. If that's the choice. You or do them. Do you have an answer? <clears throat> oh, God. What are you thinking? Oh, I don't think I could actually... Die. You can always change your mind later. But what is, what is your I want us both to incident? die at the exact same time. You and your lover? Mm-hmm. To die at the same time? Exact same In time. some tragic accident? Nope. Both have uh, the exact same painless heart attack in and sleep at the same time. God. Done. Okay. That's, I mean, yeah, that's the dream. You might have to share a funeral. That's the. I would love to be buried with Flynn. That's the dream. Flynn being. (sighs) You're going to have to run me through this. Who? Uh, Glob? Glob. Glob. His name is Glob. Whose name is Glob? Flynn! Oh, fuck this. My boyfriend. (gasps) Oh! Um, And I want to be buried in the same coffin as him. Oh, my God. But a regular size coffin. Just cram us in. Just cram you in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go. Nice! Okay, do you want to talk about some theatre? Let's! (laughs) All right. Uh, big hoo ha. <laughs> Not really a way to start a conversation, James. <laughs> Yet here I go! Yes! Um, the big hoo ha! I went and saw the big hoo ha. Right. I had a hoo. I had a ha. Great. It was um, at the Butterfly Club. Okay. It is there every Friday night. Great. It has been there every Friday night, apparently since 2010. Ah! Oh. How historical. How historical. It started in Perth in 2002. That's mm-hmm. my fun fact about the big hoo ha. Much like the coronavirus. It's a rumour I'm spreading. That's true. Continue. <laughs> Started in 2002. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. So I went along. Clopped along. I went alone. I went alone to see an improvised comedy show. That is courageous and sounds like the worst night of my life. <laughs> it does. I know. Continue. You, um, <laughs> if you're just tuning in for the first time, Jake hates improvised comedy. Not because I don't think it requires a lot of talent. I think it does require a lot of talent. It does. It's just not thing that, it, 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 it doesn't drive me to chuckle. It doesn't make me not nervous. Um, And that's all. Okay. Well, (laughs) after that confusing (laughs) (laughs) edition. It's hard to... You (laughs) you keep talking and I'll I'll interject (laughs) with mercy. So wandered on in. It's in the downstairs space of the um, uh, Butterfly Club. The more sort of like dressed up one. With all the paintings on the wall, you know? Oh, sure, yes. Yeah, like it's more cluttered. It feels more like you've walked into your aunt's kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So we walk in and sit on down. I pick the second from the front row. um, And... Along comes uh, 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 David Massingham. Mm -hmm. And I am so sorry. I looked as hard as I could. The musician sitting under the stairs. I could not find his name. Mm -hmm. But he was um, incredible. Like, I always forget that the improvised comedy often goes with improvised music. Sure. So he's just there with his his little keyboard and he's just playing the underscore the whole time. So those two are the first ones to sort of interact with the audience. Um, And David sort of gets you all warmed up. So the MC... Gets you all warmed up and, like, teaches you the hoo-ha! Which is the big thing we all shouted whenever he says the big. And we all shout hoo-ha! Oh, my. Yeah. Like you're rowing a big boat. You need to get on their level. I need to get on their level. If you go and see the big hoo-ha, you need to be in that zone. What is what I the zone where you're going to be shouting out Viking chants? I... Exactly. I was apprehensive Mm -hmm. because I'd never really seen a proper improv show before. Sure. And... You've I very quickly had to get over the sort of, oh, am I going to hate this? Right. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, every depiction of improvised comedy in any sort of TV, show, like BoJack Horseman, for example, is always as like a weird cult. Sure. And it super is. Mm-hmm. Like, I can say now, having seen it done like this, it is a weird cult full of weird people. Oh, in a positive way, though? In a very positive way. It's like you said, I don't want to see normal people up there doing shit. When did I say that? You said you don't want to see, you want to see weirdos. I want to see weirdos up there on a stage, doing stuff. It was so nice. It was just all these. It was six six players, mm. the MC and the musician. Yeah. Um, and there were two teams: mm-hmm. the skulls and the the bones and the hearts. Okay. Um, and yeah, they would pair up and they would do their little games, and it was just so fun to be a part of. And was I saw, there like an overarching thing? So it was a competition. There was the theme. There wasn't really a theme. No, no, no. They just did, like, I think four or five different games. And there was okay. an interval in the middle. That was, like, the, the premise. That sure. Was, and every Friday, it's a different group of actors. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think, first of all, terrific idea. I just think going along and seeing a different group of people every Friday night is so fun. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah. and how time happened, does it start? It started at 8.30. Right. Oh, like, good you could, like have dinner go to an improv show exactly and I think if oh my God to go and see this with like a few beers with some friends mm. heaven on earth that does sound nice it sounds re- it sounds so fun. I was by myself and I still got really into it sure um, <laughs> um so the so the games they played there was um blind I can't remember what it was called but it was like either blind date or, or video dating um and it was sort of based off those old videos you could do to sort of like in the 80s you'd film yourself and be like hi. I'm looking for love. Here's... Oh. Those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. So you'd have three teams. Two, um, One member from each team would sit down in a chair. The um, Prior to that, they had left the room. The audience had shouted suggestions at the MC and he'd written them down. Mm. And there had to be like uh, three things. There was a job, a hobby, and um, a describing word. Yeah. And um, you, you, the other two on the team would have to mime those things to the person doing their tape. Okay, and then I'm looking for, and they would mime the describing word. Someone who's, I don't know, and they'd sort of describe, try and figure out what the people are miming. Right. Um. Ryan Patterson mm. had to guess HR manager as mm. a job. Watching these two incredible women act out this bizarre role, it took so long for Ryan to get this. Mm but by the time Ryan got HR manager the entire crowd went fucking wild hmm. like the it was it was really really fun it was really fun um but yeah try to, what would you do to mime HR manager Jake? I don't know how I'm going to verbally describe to you how I would describe to me what you would it. act. Um is it just me doing it by myself? Yeah. Me by myself. Yeah. Um, I suppose I would use my hands as puppets to ex- that and the puppets were explaining to me that they were being harassed or some such, and then I would clip clap into my computer ways to solve their issue. Yep, yeah, it was very that. Sure. It well. was people shaking hands a lot. Mm. It was people being sad and then happy. Um, um oh <laughs> um Louisa Fitzhardinge at so one of the games towards the end, four of the two members from each team got up and they would have a chance to pitch a show. Mm. and then they would do with the suggestions from the audience they'd pitch their show and then they would take turns at each of them putting on a scene from the show and Louisa did an opera about prosciutto being sliced too thick mm-hmm. and Louisa can sing great like really really well mm-hmm. and pushing people just weave in and out of this opera about prosciutto being too thick mm. I did not think I would enjoy as much as I did definitely didn't think I had that many thoughts about prosciutto but I do um, and what, yeah, what's one of your thoughts about prosciutto that you have? What is too thick? Doesn't that just become ham? But isn't prosciutto and ham, they're inherently different meats, aren't they? They're both pig. They're both pig, but like prosciutto was like cured. Yeah, yeah but isn't ham like also aged of some sort? Or dried? Well, it doesn't exist outside of time. Yes. <laughs> but I'd say like ham is, is meant to be like like moist <clears throat> and succulent, you know? And exists in its leg shape until you extract Huh. Right? Different idea. Okay. Whereas prosciutto is like thinner. Mm. An ideal thinness does exist. Try to go for Why am I describing prosciutto? I don't know, I want you to stop there. Um Okay. So the moment I love the most from the show personally, it was a silent play um, called God Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hannah Barth is the one that put this all together. And i got to just try and describe the first scene. It was silent and Hannah came on. She stepped into an elevator, she mined the doors opening, stepped in, doors closed. Someone else wandered on slowly, mined the elevator opening, came in, pretended to be God. Someone else came in, opened the elevator doors. It was just a procession of every member of the cast, just slowly opening the elevator doors, coming in, and would just strike a pose as like, a devil or an angel or a ghost, and it was just this bizarre watching Hannah just being this normal human being in this elevator, just sort of reacting to all these supernatural beings just getting onto an elevator with her, and that sort of elevator dro- like just um, humans existing in an elevator together with <laughs> these bizarre figures. I just found it really, fu- I just found it really interesting. I really liked it, mm. and I don't think a lot of other people. I don't think it clicked for many people, like. But I just really, I just liked it. Yeah. I just liked it. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Sure. Well, no, that's that's good that you liked it. Do you have any it. thoughts on that you want to talk about? Oh, it? Oh, None just... really leap out. Okay. No, that's it's great that they did something that made you feel that. Especially, I think it's especially nice when you feel like you like something in a way that no one else around you sort of understands. <laughs> yeah, it was that moment. It was mm. very sweet. Sure. What, well, why? Okay, what's your experience with improv comedy then that has made you go, ooh, ah, no, no? no well, no, again... It takes a lot of talent to be any good at improvisation. Uh Uh-huh. You know? So I respect it. I absolutely respect it as a craft. I think part of me, whether or not it's a combination of, like, shame. Okay. Everything with me is always tied to shame in some sort of way. I do not have the boisterous enthusiasm that is required, I think, to be good Mm. at the type of comedic improvisation that I've seen this company be so good at in the past and i think being around that type of enthusiasm just inflames my awareness of that inside of myself which is not a pleasant thing to enjoy to to experience there's that there's also and i i think it's is it similar to the reason that i can't stand hamilton one of the reasons i can't stand hamilton and that it's quite a dense lasagna of reasons that i don't like hamilton is the style of gusto with which improvisation and American yeah. history are delivered at my face. There's is something is... about enthusiastic people on stage that have that sort of energy of, oh, here we go. That does get a bit, <laughs> and uh-huh. yeah, and I got to admit, when, when they first came on, there was that sort of immediate. It was exactly like every depiction of an improv show I've ever seen. Mm. Like they'd come on and they'd all sort of jostle each other around on stage like like high school buddies, and mm. they all had that sort of intense energy of, oh, here we go. Mm. And I've got to say. Once you sink into it, mm. I fucking loved it. That's the thing. I just don't think I can sink into no? it. No, I think there's too Such much a shame. Jake. Da- I, th- I think there's too much darkness inside quack, of quack. me. Quack quack, mm. or something. And I don't like it about myself. Yeah, okay. I wish I could be. Because even I can absolutely, I can picture you in that audience, surrounded by what sounds like very wonderful people too, mm. managing to turn off enough of your, I don't know what it is, self consciousnesses or mm. inhibitions or something to be part of like a mass of people going hoo ha together. There is yeah. no world where I could deplete enough of these sure. walls I have inside of me to become a person that can just earnestly be cheering for this type of stuff. Sure. Would you come to see a show with me? I'll absolutely come. Come to see? Yay! 100%. But, but you can I can chant hoo-ha with me. No. No, no. no you will. No. It'll it's like grab- when I was at that fucking Harry Potter parody musical, and uh, at the okay. start, everyone was like, yay, Ravenclaw! It's like, there's no world where I'm cheering for Slytherin. But that's... Mm-hmm. I-, I I'm with you on that one, because I hate nerds. Sure, I'm not a nerd. A nerd. Uh, huh. <laughs> not true. Um, there was a strong D and D vibe. I will say that, and I appreciate it in that. the show. In in just the the people in the show, mm-hmm. it's it's. I think because there is an overlap. It? There's an overlap yeah. between people who play D and D and people people well, who do improv. Well, it's a lot improv. of pretending, isn't it? It is a lot of doing improvisation on the spot. It is. Yeah. Um. And I could just tell. And it's also like which. And you'll have to correct me because I don't mm. know D and D as well as you definitely do. Mm-hmm. But it's like it seems like it's a thing that can only exist as long as no one in the group ever points out how odd or stupid or Absolutely. strange things are. Absolutely. Yes. You can point out how odd or strange things are, but I think it's as soon as someone sort of lets the shadow of are we ridiculous? Are we being silly? Is this stupid? Mm. It's over for it's over for that person because yeah, that yeah. you know, you I, and that I think that's what I love most about this. It was just a group of six people who were so clearly and it's you're you're so right, it takes skill because at the end of the show I kept thinking, "Oh, I'm going to do improv comedy. I love this. This is I I could get up on that stage and do it." Mm. I don't think I could yet. No? No! I was looking at, um, I was, um, looking at these, uh, stalking, basically, these people who did this show. Mm. They have all got such long histories of doing improv comedy. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Improv comedy. Yeah. Um, and it really shows when you watch the show, because they just, <claps> sn- they, they click into each other's little bits and routines so easily. Mm. And I've got to say, um, David Massingham did, like, it, it, it's... Another way that it sort of rang true to D and D for me, he acted very much exactly like a dungeon master would in a Dungeons and Dragons game, and which I, is the guy that sits there and goes, "You rolled a six, now the kill that drone." Okay, yes, yep. that's him. Um, and I don't want to say it's just because he has long hair, but to anyone who has ever um, gone on the internet and learned, searched D and D, he reminds me. He reminded me a lot of um, Matt Mercer uh, in a really. Jake, this means nothing to you, I no. know. No, Matt Mercer is an incredible voice actor, and um, he does a lot of like. He runs D&D campaigns for a living, essentially, on YouTube, and they're really, really fun. I don't watch them because they are, like, each video is three hours long. Good God. And I don't have that time. No, but, um, you're but... busy. busy. <laughs> Go on. (laughs) Okay. But he just had this... Yeah, he had this really beautiful way of sort of like... He knew exactly when to stop a bit. He knew when to sort of jostle things along. Mm. Like he had one point he made the executive decision to like cut two people from the show rather than one, which just sped things up where it was slowing down. It was just really... You can tell he's been doing it for a while. Cool. And um, the same with... The wonderful music man, whose name I'm so sorry, I cannot remember. He'll be furious. I hope not. Um, Like, the two of them worked so well together. They just had this really beautiful ease when they were sort of, like, chatting. And it just brought the audience in. And, yeah, like you said, when we were all chanting hoo-ha together, it just felt so nice Mm. and daggy and sweet. Yeah, and it just felt really special to be in that space. And to know it happens every Friday night. Mm. What a well-kept Melbourneian secret. Ridiculous. It's just making me sad because it seems like it's the type of lovely that is as we sort of just talked about it's the type of lovely that's only possible as long as no one makes fun of it in the in a really direct maybe yep. just in the sense of like it feels like a bunch of like kids are playing together and it's fun until some like cooler kid walks in and mm. is like what the fuck are you doing yeah it's uh, like yeah, yeah, you know and it's, then it's some exactly of those kids that. never recover from that type of critique yeah and it's it it it, it, it was exactly that energy uh, it's uh, you're so right it was that energy of just kids doing things because it's fun and knowing that they're all in the same sort of fun vibe. Mm. And, yeah. So do you think you're going to see a bunch more improv coming up? Is that what your life's going to be like? Oh, here's here's my issue. Oh, God. What's your issue? Okay. No, I'm interested. (laughs) What's your issue? None of you saw his face just then, but it was really hurtful. It was not Um, hurtful. I was like, oh, what? Who's going to believe you? (laughs) (laughs) There's an issue keeping you from improv. No, the issue... Well, yes, it's this podcast. I can't just keep seeing improv shows. And then come on and go, Ah, so this time, what if this show just became me talking about improv? Could you imagine? James, are you aware there's more than one day in a week? Yeah, but I can barely get out of the house one night in the week, Jake. Sure. Because of the sadness. Right, right, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sadness. So I can't just see improv comedy. I would. I would do that. I would, and I will definitely see more of them, but no, 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 I will not be seeing them every week. But uh, if I do talk about improv on this podcast again, you can't hold it against me. Deal. Deal. Thanks, Jake. I'm a friend of Dorothy's. Good God. That's, that's what I wanted to you, say. That was, that's what you wanted yeah, to... Now you can go.
1: Great. <laughs> Thank you for that strong
0: introduction, James. <laughs> Always um, happy to help. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to see The Wizard of Oz. I went oh my God, to... do you want to say that a bit slower? <laughs> I went to see The Wizard of Oz. Very good. The show, not the wizard himself. Oh! Just well, to be clear about that. Okay, good to clarify. Um, went to Mentone to see it. Oh. Huh. Yeah, because it was like St. Bede's was doing it in conjunction with Kilbrita College and Mentone Girls Grammar School. Why do you always go to see school productions? We've had this... I have no I ask this every time. Yeah. It, it feels like every second week you've seen a school production. Why not? It's theatre. What do you... <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, that's... Why? Right. Is there something outlandishly odd about it? Yes. Why? I don't know. It's just. It's just... We've discussed this before when... when Jake and I once went to see a high school production of Ladies in Black. It we was did. the best thing we've ever seen. Amazing night. Um, We didn't know anyone in the show. And we commented at the time that it was so strange because we were in the front row. We don't know any of those kids. No. And I just feel like... That that would draw remarks from the audience. I acknowledge that, sure, if someone knew that... As was the case, I was in the front row for The Wizard of Oz. Of course. I was there alone. Of course. And I did not know any of the children in it. Sure. Thank God. And if someone were aware of those facts, maybe they would be having strange feelings about me. Okay, okay. But my plan is not to abduct any of the children. That is good to clarify. You know, I'm not there to shoot blow darts at anybody. I'm just there to have a good rollicking time at the theatre. Okay. You've you know? answered my question. So, but answered no, my I question. absolutely understand that traditionally... I guess I just... I guess my thing is, like, the last thing I can think of that I can think being enjoyable is watching children do things ever. Because I just don't like children. What? You know? Well, I think I, I am in a similar boat to you. I don't really care about children doing much, especially not just, like, being children. Mm. Um, But I think children participating in the arts is one of the times where I do really have time for them. Because I think art's being what it is it's a time where they're really capable yeah. of doing something quite i don't know something quite what's the word for it i don't know transformative uh, maybe not transform maybe it's just the think of like children being what children are which is like a, like a non-formed person yet mm. but the fact of art giving them as a person that isn't you know a, a you know quotation marks p- properly developed, developed person. person it's like this sludge creature that's going to be a person one day is expressing a themselves not really being a person suit, more like like a, a creating, being forced to create something outside of themselves that's representative of something inside of themselves. And because they because they're not a fully formed thing yet, it's a it's an interesting insight yeah, into you've the sold developing it. mind you've of, sold a, it, of a building. young person. Yeah, you've sold it, and it's especially like with them being in a show like this, and especially a show like this, one that's so like one that's so boisterous and strange and musical. Mm. It's great to see these forming humans express these goofy parts of themselves mm. because it's just kind of like. I don't know. It's It somehow feels very hopeful. Maybe I'll start seeing more children's shows. That sounds fun. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sounds nice. I th- well, that's the reason. Well, part of the reason I keep going back to them is because, no, yeah. Clearly, something's working for you. It's, you know, it's invigorating yeah, or something. Full disclosure portion, I didn't know this going in, but my friend Stacy Camilleri is the musical director. Oh. So that's the extent of my full disclosure segment of this. Um, but yeah. yeah, so Wizard of Oz. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> do you have any strong feelings about the Wizard of Oz? Not really. I like it. I have a lot of we can talk about Wicked. If we I assume we will. Do Let's try to wicked. avoid it as much uh, as we can. Just because well, that musical sucks so bad. That, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. In that case, no. I don't really have many strong feelings about the Wizard of Oz. I saw it when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, but I've, it's never been near and dear to my heart. What did you love about it as a child? I think I just loved the color. Because it was just a, one of those hyper-coloured, candy-looking films. Okay. I, mean, I think I, I also, when I was sort of like a young teenager, I sort of you looked at the dark parts of the internet about like... Quack, the, quack. The, quack, quack. The myths of like the munchkin hanging himself and like, you know, things like that. Like mm. that sort of side of it and what they did to um, Judy Garland to, to get her to do the role. Yeah. Like the darker side of it, quack, quack, I found pretty interesting. Okay. Um. Let's just like flop around the place and you just like interject... When... You mean what we usually do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Good idea, Jake. This is, uh, uh, you know, straying off the beaten path for us. This is us getting ready for the show. Yeah. Let's just... Unlike what we normally do, let's just be a bit wild. Let's riff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, did you know there's, like, before all of the... You know how Dorothy meets those three dickheads on her journey? Yes. They all, compared to, like, the movie musical version of them... So, so to clarify, this is a musical based off the movie, this music, how old is this version of this musical? As old as the movie, I think. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. So, at least the Scarecrow, I don't know why I want to start with this. The Scarecrow and the Tin Man, before their, like, songs start. This is heading into wicked territory. And what, what do you mean? Because before their songs start, they're Fierro and Bock. Good God, James. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's, okay. Well, I'm happy to like waddle into this conversation. Believing that Wicked is canonically a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. okay? Yep, great. That's th- that's the thing I'm going to let you have Thank for this conversation. Well, it is. In no way is it. Frank no. Baum was never like, yes, Wicked is 100%. No, but Wicked is based off a book that was written. That is a real book that is the genuine. Yes, but The Wizard of Oz is based on books written by Frank Baum. Yeah, one of those books is Wicked. No, Wicked is an entirely different thing, isn't it? No, completely wicked. divorced from the Wizard of Oz. No, because they were written in totally different time periods. Wicked book. I'm looking this up. I'm I'm absolutely concerned because Wicked the book is like a political. That's in, published in 1995. Yeah, and the original Wizard of Oz books were written in like the 50s I and 60s. I have believed weren't they? my entire life that the original version of Wicked, not the musical, but like the story, was written way back when. No, they have nothing How to do with I... each other. Wow. Okay, I've learned something today. Oh, good. <laughs> That's good. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and Any I my own words. Carry on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, we can continue. We can pretend that Wicked, the musical exists. No, I'm happy now to reject that idea entirely. Oh, great. Yep. Okay, sure. I'm flipped on a coin. Um, so you know how, uh, you know how all of the three weirdos that Dorothy meets? <laughs> yes. All have like the same song as each other? Like... The the, the, oh, yeah. the the songs themselves are identical in terms of where the melody works and the sure. words are just different. Yes. Which I think is wasteful in the first place. Absolutely. Like, why do they do that? But the Scarecrow and the Tin Man both have, like, these preamble parts that they have. In the musical. In the musical that yeah. I just saw... <laughs> that I just saw St. Beads and Co. do. Did you? Yes. There's like these preamble things and they were like showstoppers just in terms of oh. my experience of the show. Oh, because first off, the Scarecrow who was performed by Jazz Brown. So she she's the Scarecrow begins her Scarecrow self. Just before like the classic like if I only had a brain song starts. Beforehand, these like three guys come out with like little crow puppets and the crows had this little song oh. that they sing. Oh. And... It's the fucking best. It That's was so, so much cute. fun. And like these three little puppeteers, they were so good at playing these little crows. Little crows. And then the Tin Man as well. You know, I didn't think it could get any better. After the crow puppets, they really satisfied Did me. Did they paint this child's face silver? Oh my god, the, the Tin Man is a whole different conversation that we have to have. Oh, okay, I'm excited. So the Tin Man scene, before we start singing If I Only Had a Heart, the trees? People always forget about the trees. Oh, the trees! You know those that throw, apples, at trees each that other. throw and apples? Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah, fuck yeah. you, wear trees. That's right. Yeah, so it's played by these three girls. And. <sighs> they're the best like even as they entered the scene because like the scene gets set up (laughs) and the tin man's there and but you see these three girls like saunter in in these like beautiful tree costumes oh my god and it's like bear in mind these are high school students but it's almost like You know how when we were talking about Dracula and it seemed like these girls just knew how to play these like That sort of Witchy, skanky, weirdos in Yes Yeah, it was like Oh, Dracula! (laughs) Oh, I love blood! Yeah Somehow the trees had the same energy It seemed like these girls It seemed as if maybe like every high school girl secretly knows how to play like a sassy tree Well, we've agreed that they do all know how to play this weird, sassy role Yes Yeah So they, they walk out in this like almost this very like this smoky entrance that they have dressed as these trees holding these apples and then they proceed to almost like Like, they're incredible. To the point where I'm like, these trees need a spin-off. They're just like, they're funny, they're cool, they're mean. They've synchronised all their movements together. Yes. Like, I was really super duper into these teenage trees. Sounds like this forest had an effect on you. It super did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, what should we talk about next? I want to say- Tin man? I want to hear about tin man. You've teased the tin man. Well, I guess we should clump them all together in terms of, like, the friends of Dorothy. So, yeah. Jazz Mm -hmm. Brown played the scarecrow. She was great at all, like, the dancing, the goofiness, the being sweet. Did not really yep, well. Yep. Yeah. Max Leonard, not to r- to race through these things. Max Leonard played the lion. He had this very impressive sort of like classical voice almost. Like he mm. had obviously this very nice comic timing. Um, yeah. He was very good at playing kind of like the, like all the things that were good about the lion in the movie or like iconic about the lion in the movie. Like he was also very good at nailing. Oh, sure. The like sort the, sort pan- the, yeah, the pantomimey sort of shout he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pantomimey kind of like blubbery, anxious lion thing. Oh. like yeah he really impressively like did all of that stuff and yeah had this very like almost like operatic singing voice that he oh, had great. so that was yeah that was really really well done i want to dwell on the tin man Thank you. who was played by alex hodgkins just because there was something so like, just like upsetting and touching about the softness with which he played this role oh. james it was so nice oh no like it was like so the tin man is standing there frozen in his little tin man position with these sassy trees to the left of him oh yeah and then dorothy and the Scarecrow find him and they're like what's that squeaking sound and of course it's the tin man trying to speak but he can't because his mouth has rusted shut mm-hmm. and then they start oil canning him and he starts unrusting himself and then <laughs> bloody alex hodgkins manages to like inject this part with so much sweetness even in these moments so you're like watching him become un-tin manned <laughs> and he's telling us i didn't realize how terrifying because they took this out of the movie that like. Are you familiar with, like, the actual backstory of what happened to the Tin Man? No, again, I only know the Wicked version. Right. So he's like... When he was a normal man, which is his past, so he was a person, and he fell in love with a munchkin, and the Wicked Witch of the West... Either she didn't want him being in love with the munchkin. I think it was the mother of the munchkin didn't want him being in love with the munchkin. So the mother of his munchkin girlfriend went to the Wicked Witch of the West and was like, Can you put a curse on this man? I don't want him dating my daughter. And then right. the Wicked Witch of the West puts a car- puts a spell on the man's axe. And so when he goes to cut a tree, he actually cuts himself. Ha! And so that's how he loses his leg. And then a tinsmith builds him a new leg out of tin. Oh. And then it's like, thanks so much. And then he goes to cut a tree again. Oh. And again, the axe cuts off his other leg. And then the tin man, the, the tinsmith is like, here's another leg. And oh, it you just keeps of- going until he's made of tin. It just keeps going. Oh. Until on the final swing he takes, he cuts himself entirely in half. And that's why the tinsmith has to make him entirely out of tin. Oh my god. That's like grim grim shit. Absolutely. That's insane. Super upsetting. Also, I didn't realise the Wicked Witch was just doing errands for the Munchkins. Well, I think if... Maybe... Ugh, I assume there was some sort of payment involved. I don't know. This is all very confused. Sure, okay. Um, yeah. But then just throughout, Alex just continued... Yeah. He, he's just a really, really great dancer. His singing voice, I thought, was the thing that really stuck out in the way that it was just... It was very, like... Sweet and lovely, and yeah. just kind of, and hearing him sing about wishing he had a heart, it was just very nice. Yeah, that And have... when he finally got his, like, stupid little, like, ticking heart thing from the wizard at the end, <laughs> he was just so, like, touched by it. And then when he said goodbye to Dorothy, he was just, like, especially, just like, he just really, really surprised me. That man ruined your brain. Ruined, he would just, yeah, he was just really great. But yeah, again, it was, like, a strong cast across the board. Great. Um, I need you to talk to me about the witch. The witch. If we're not going to talk about the witch, why the hell are we talking about the Wizard of Oz? Oh, so what do you want to know about the witch? I want to know everything. Um, so, I was supposed to say, played by Isabel LaPrade. Great name. Great name. Um, yeah. No, she was good. She lent into the comedy of the witch, I suppose, as opposed to being terrifying, because that witch really traumatised a lot of children in the well, movie. as we've discussed. As we've discussed? Yeah, like, her career was... We discussed the Sesame Street episode with the Wicked Witch, but oh, they yes. couldn't do it because she was so terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, do you, yeah. Do you not have any friends that were, like, really rattled by the Wicked Witch of the West? No, but my grandmother speaks about how she's still, like... Oh, she, She was like very, 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 very scared of the witch. Sure. Like to the point where she had like genuine nightmares about the witch all the time. Yeah. That happened to my friend Marcus as well. It was like, it was the scariest thing he'd ever experienced. Which feels silly to me. Why does that feel silly? I don't know. You were never afraid of anything in a movie before? Nope. I have no fears. You have no fears. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's the witch. I want to say, if we're talking about magic and stuff. It's very unclear to me what the magic of the shoes is. What do you you mean? Because you know how the house falls on the Wicked Witch of the East? Yes. She's wearing the ruby slippers. Yes. The ruby slippers then get transferred to Dorothy before the Wicked Witch of the West has a chance to claim the shoes from her dead sister. Yes. The Wicked Witch of the West then tries to take the shoes off of Dorothy later on when she's kidnapped her, but is unable to because Dorothy isn't dead. So you can't take them off someone if they're alive? Or it seems like you're also able to give them to someone if you want to, but no one can take them off you. And then it's also the case of, like, then in the end, the shoes obviously become the transport via which Dorothy gets home again. But it's just unclear to me what they do other than take you home. Yeah, uh, but maybe they grant wishes if you click them three times and make a wish. Maybe she was just, because she was instructed to say there's no place like home. Yes. So maybe if you say, like, I've got a large penis <laughs> three times, it'll make you have a large penis. Perhaps. 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 Okay, sure. Okay, I'm open to that I idea. I mean, I have no idea. That's just my speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there to talk about Um, it it was a real fucking dog (gasps) Toto was a real dog they had a Toto they had a toto. Oh my god! Was it like a little what sort of dog was? It? I think it was like a like a kazoodle. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs are ridiculous. Dogs are ridiculous. Um. Oh my god. Well trained, or was it? Did it have a? No, it did really well. Oh. It was good. It was good. And they made the clever i like decision of having the lion carry the dog around a lot of the time. So it was like this big furry lion carrying around this little fluffy dog. Oh, that's really cute. Yes, yeah, that was a cute idea that they had. What was the wizard like? B- b- how, b- what was his big face? The big face of the wizard was it a big face? Oh, when he's like pretending to when be like when he's pretending to be the big hoo ha um, They what did they do? They did this thing where um, it was kind of like big sort of like pretend green flames either side of the stage uh-huh. and then what they were talking to where it's like you know how in the movie it's like a big floaty head yes um in this it was kind of like a it seems like spinning gobos pointed at the back of the stage so it was just kind of like this big light up it almost looked like a spinning brain almost that they were oh talking cool to. okay let me get sidetracked by an ensemble member go on okay musashi roach so he played uncle henry which he was sure. great at, so like Dorothy's like uncle, father, father figure, father figure, uncle, yeah. yes, um, and also played one of the crow puppeteers, and there was oh. also in a bunch of like the ensemble dance pieces. I just want to bring him up because he was like so transfixing in the way that he just had this attitude in every scene that he was in, especially the ensemble pieces mm. where it was like. It's fantastic. This is in no way a negative thing. It was one of my favourite things about the show. <laughs> his attitude about all of it seemed to be, mm. based on his body language and facial expressions, it was like, yeah, I'm really good at this. Oh, and you should all be trying to keep up with me because I'm yes, goddamn bitch. incredible. Yes, bitch. And it was like he was just like he was the one you would look at if you wanted to know what the choreography was meant to look like. Oh, that's a skill. It was the fucking best. That's it great. Was great. So this year, what we're doing? The Wizard of Oz. Great. Okay, I'll nail it. That's fine. Next. <laughs> um, I just want to flag that Timothy Griffin was remarkably versatile and just like really, really talented great. and can tap dance. I wish I could tap dance, Jake. Do you? Why? Oh, I just there is something so timeless and suave about someone that can just whip out a good tap routine just like one of those like I don't know it's just it just makes me feel warm and a little bit oh and sexy I think a tap so, routines great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah. do Jake and I'm not I'm, I'm sick and tired of pretending I don't no that's good that's good no yeah I'm glad you've come out to me like that thank you <laughs> um yeah and I just also just like very I, I don't know it's not interesting for me to just like run through a series of names of people that you probably but you're don't gonna. know. yes just one more name Xavier Brown played <laughs> Kind of like a, a couple of supporting characters. Mm-hmm. One of them was like... I don't know how familiar you are with like the whole Munchkin scene and the whole Munchkin song that they sing. Yes. Ding Dong, The Witch is Goddamn Dead. The Lollipop Guild there? That, not the Lollipop Guild was there. Those guilds. The whole Munchkin lifestyle is confusing to me. How did they... Did they did, were they on their knees? No. Well, they're children. So they're already kind of small. Yeah. And then they just put... A, like, they plonked Dorothy and Glinda up on a platform so everyone looks shorter around them. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, no. The whole... Ah, oh, but oh, what a moment it was though when all these kids come out to be all the munches. You get to see how many kids there are in this show. It's like ah, oh, oh! Munchkin City, yes, and so, so Munchkin culture. Munchkin. I'm confused by Munchkin culture, aren't we all? In the way that there is like all these guilds that they have, their enthusiasm yeah, for the witch lollip- death. It's just. I mean, I get the witch death because the witch is probably being a bit of a bitch to them. Yeah, but like um, what are the guilds? Because there's the lollipop guild, lollipop, lollipop guild. Lo- was it lollipop guild? Then there's th- we represent the lullaby league. Oh. I don't know what they get Jake, up to. Jake, I think they're just saying silly words. They're not! The Lullaby League, they have like an outfit, they do ballet together. Huh. I don't know what the Lullaby League is in charge of. Lullabies. Yeah. What does that mean? That they go to kids' houses and sing them to sleep? Well, yeah, probably actually, now that you've said that. Maybe that's maybe that's their culture, is sort of like doing tasks for each other. Perhaps. Maybe that's why that munchkin woman, like that munchkin mother was so comfortable going to a witch to ask for help. Yeah, and maybe the witch killed her later. Oh my god, so munchkins are just very communally minded. That Surely if they have a lullaby league Mm, And a lollipop league, League seems to suggest it's a competition Does it? Yeah, because you're in a league I feel like a definition of league can just be like a collection of people that do something together Like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen They were just friends, weren't they? Yeah, but they were in direct competition with other people Were they? Fighting. Yeah. Uh, sure. I love good. the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, bitch. you wanna you talk that, about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I that, love it. Well, no, well no, just because I feel like aren't you the only person that loved that movie? I am the only person that loved that movie. Yeah, I used to be really sexually uh, confused by Captain Nemo. That is my fun fact for you. Everyone think Captain about Nemo? that. He's like the guy in the blue, he's got the big submarine. You're gonna have to be more descriptive because I don't know I have no frame of reference. Um Um, I think he's Indian He worships Shiva In that one weird Terrifying scene Where he like Worships the god of death I think that's what Confused me most about him You were confused That someone you were Attracted to Would be worshipping Shiva No I think I was Attracted to him Because he was dark And mysterious And he had a car Quack quack Dark and mysterious He had a car Yeah That's hot (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie But we're gonna move on Um, Xavier Brown So he played the coroner do you remember the, the part corridor. in Ding Dong the Witch is Dead where they're like, Oh, we have yes. to make sure she's actually dead? Yes. And then he has to There was just something immaculate. It was one of those you know those moments where it's like, I love what theatre is capable of sometimes. Sure. And it was like, it's the part where they have to go, like, we have to make sure that she's really dead and we're not just singing and dancing for no reason. Of course. And then you have to then you get to watch Xavier Brown walk from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage towards this witch's corpse. And you so just, is the witch just lying there on the floor? The witch is like, at this point, she's just like a pair of legs sticking out from underneath Dorothy's house. Oh, because they dropped a house on her. They dropped a house on her. Okay, yeah, I forgot about this witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so you, you get to watch him walk from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. And it was just really exciting because it was like, oh... <laughs> You can tell this guy has, like, an interesting energy. You know that he's about to launch into his, like, weird, pattery part of talking about witch death. And it was just, like, a very exciting little pause. I love any pattery moment. Yeah. That's great. And they cast him... Unless I'm mistaken, they did this very clever double casting thing where they got him to announce that the witch was dead. And then they also got him to do it when she melted at the end. So he was the one to announce both witch deaths. That seems smart. That seems like a sensible move. Oh, my God. Yeah, well done. Oh, my God. Well done, everyone. Two witches dead in one show. Oh! Some people didn't think it was possible. Um, directed by Drew Downing, if we're just going to give credit to good ideas. Say and more names. I mean. Let's make sure. Uh, feels necessary to bring up the fact that Sienna Coop played Dorothy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, did really well. She did really well at, on top of having like a lot of like talent, generally. Great. She captured a lot of Judy Garland's <gasps> performance in uh-huh. the way of, like... No, but in, like... I hadn't realized until this performance it's like Dorothy's really annoying uh yeah <laughs> which hadn't occurred to me until like this performance okay you can't just say Dorothy you can't just you can't call, you can't call her annoying well no it's, it's something about the way that Sienna managed to managed to capture like even like a bit of uh like Judy garland's cadence and stuff mm. like there's something very like it was almost it was almost drawing attention to the absurdity of Judy garland's performance in the first place but mm-hmm. then also maybe towards Dorothy being. When you put her alongside a scared lion, uh, like, tender tin man, and an irritatingly, like, upbeat scarecrow... Yeah. I don't know, she comes to l- seem as two-dimensional as the three of them do? In the way sure. that all she wants is to go home again? Sure, I, mean, I guess they all have their one thing they want to achieve that they think will fix everything. That's pretty... Yeah, but it wasn't until I saw this show where I was like, oh, maybe Dorothy is as two-dimensional as these three other people that she meets. Yeah, okay, okay. Which I don't know if it's interesting, but it's something. something. I didn't realise... One of the times that Sienna's voice really shone was when she was singing this song that is not in the movie, Mm. but it's called The Jitterbug, or it's like about the jitterbug. So it's like when the witch is hatching her plans. All of her plans are terrible, by the way. (laughs) No! What do you mean, no? They're smart. Which which plan of the Wicked Witch of the West is smart? The one to send all the flying monkeys. Look, okay, that's not an idiotic plan. Is this about the poppies? Ah, the poppies is an insane plan okay, in the right. first place. Yep, go on. You know, like, you've got flying monkeys, but your plan to stop Dorothy from getting to the Emerald City and to kill her and to take her shoes is to hope she walks through a field of magical flowers that make her go to sleep. But didn't she... Did she plan the poppies? She has the whole poppy idea. What do you mean? She goes... What do you mean? There's a the whole scene. Thing. She thinks, oh, I'm going to predict the scene. She goes, oh, I'm going to stop Dorothy from getting to the Emerald City, so I'm going to plant all these puppies in her path, and she's going to walk into them and fall asleep. Mm. Is that what she does? That's her plan. She's like, puppies make people die. They like make them fall asleep, and then they just stay asleep forever. And then, at some point, she presumably plants these puppies. In this show, they were played by the same girls that played the trees, so it was great to see the trio back again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then... Dorothy falls asleep with the lion, who I think just loves sleeping. And then for Fair some reason, enough. the scarecrow and the Tin Man are immune to poppies. Well, that makes sense, because the scarecrow is made of straw. Yeah, but you see, if you know that, why doesn't the witch know? Does she know that... At that point, does she know there's a Tin Man? I'm st- I'm defending the witch really hard. Does think, she know no, that I think she's. A- yeah, I think she's fully aware of what's going on, because she runs into them oh. after... I think it's before they meet the lion. The oh, witch, true, like, on the path. She has the whole thing where she's like... Do you like fire, scarecrow? <laughs> ah! yeah. So, yeah. There's that whole thing. So she oh. knows that she's accumulating these disabled friends. She uh. knows that's all happening. Why am I defending the witch? That's a dumb plan.
1: I the mean, best, you're you afraid know of what the her.
0: better plan would be? What? A gun. A gu- well, that's the thing. You're a witch. You're clearly comfortable murdering this girl. It's like, why don't you just go murder her? Like, walk up to her and stab her with a knife. Yeah. She's got a dog. What is she going to do? Yeah. Here are ten ways you could kill Dorothy. A gun. A knife. A punch to the back of the head. I would hundred percent. I'd read that BuzzFeed article. That was was just like ten ways the witch could have killed Dorothy that are smarter than the poppies. Yeah, and they're pretty much just all very average, boring ways of killing someone. Yeah, just slap her. Slap her her until her head comes up. Yes. (laughs) kick her a bunch. Yeah, Yeah. just kick her a bunch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dumb witch. Dumb witch, but yeah, no. We love her. We love her, but yeah, but it does get. I remember like in the movie. I remember it being really scary once she actually gets Dorothy back to her castle. And she's like, "I'm gonna kill you once this time runs out." I remember so little of the movie now that I think about it. I remember the oh Hilarious. I remember that bit, which I always thought was words. I assumed that those like guys <laughs> in those like furry hats were saying words that I just wasn't understanding. Oh sure, like yeah, are they speaking like some sort of dark tongue, quack quack, or something? <laughs> no, well in this show. Um, they were, like, they came on in these really beautiful costumes that we only saw twice. Oh. They came on, like, in this line, singing that song, and I was like, oh, this wonderful tune again. Mm-hmm. And then the witch is like, what the fuck are you saying? And then the one of the kids comes forward and is like, oh, we're just going, oh, oh, so that we can, like, stay in time with each other. Okay, that was the, that's a line that's in the show. Yes, and I was so grateful there was an explanation. It's finally answered my questions about that song. And then the Wicked Witch is then, like, Remind me next time I enslave a whole population to get a smarter group of people. Oh! I was like... I can't believe that this question that seemingly we both had about this movie is answered in the stage musical. That's so... I don't get that. That's a weird line, but I'm happy that it was answered. I'm happy that you're satisfied. I am satisfied. I still think the witch is my queen. Supreme. The witch is your queen. Yeah. Yeah. There was this second, this moment that happened. You know the part where the wizard is like, Okay, Dorothy, I can get you home. Just get in my goddamn hot air balloon and I'm I will fly so you I'm so in. glad you're about to talk about the hot air balloon. Why? What do you have to say? No, just, talk- I was going to ask about the hot air balloon, but I'm glad you just brought it up unprompted. In what way? What, what do you want to talk about? How'd they do the hot air balloon? Oh, they just did it off stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What? It's hard to do lifting things. Is it? I think. Okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. Is that what you were going to say? Uh, no. So, they, so the wizard... Takes Dorothy, well, intends to take Dorothy offstage to get into the hot air balloon. Uh-huh. The wizard, as we all know, the classic scene, the wizard gets into the hot air balloon. Dorothy has to chase Toto because he's somehow escaped her grip. Oh, that's the, right. Yes, the wizard then flies away in the balloon and doesn't know how to stop it from flying away. Because he's a dumb con man. He's not the smartest guy in town. Yeah. Um. And then, so then Dorothy is then stuck back where she is. Anyway, so the, the wizard goes off in his balloon. And then what I presume was accidental in the auditorium oh. was why? he's sort of like bye Dorothy I guess I fucked it up <laughs> then there's like this confetti cannon just goes poof <laughs> and I was like I had no idea if that was it felt like the hot air balloon had exploded <laughs> and the wizard had like plummeted to, to his, his death, death. Um, but I, I don't, or was it was it meant a, to be a celebration like a I, tell, I thought maybe that it just accidentally set it off too early and it was meant to happen at some other point well, yeah, later when, on when else would it be meant to go off literally no clue like, maybe at the very end... The bows. Like, maybe when, like, the farmers and Dorothy, like, walk off into the horizon together. <laughs> and they're like, happiness in Kansas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we maybe. live in a dust
0: bowl. Confetti. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, so I thought that was funny and That's confusing. Fun. Okay. But okay. That's I'm a don't... really fun, weird addition to the show. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if we... <laughs> if we had to choose spin-offs, am I we? I mean, I guess me saying them and you agreeing or disagreeing. Okay. I would want to see, in order of preference... Let me guess. Go ahead. Uh, the Three Trees. Yes. Uh, the Tin Man doing his own thing. Yes. And... I've got to decide, would you rather see the movie version of the Tin Man before he becomes Tin and the film ends with him becoming Tin, mm. or do you want to see him after Dorothy's pissed off? What would I see about him after Dorothy? That's He's fulfilled. He's happy. He's got his heart. And I guess he doesn't mind being made of Tin anymore. I think definitely the first one. I, would, I want to see a man in love with someone who then drives her evil mother to force him to accidentally cut bits of his own body off. Mm. I think that sounds really cool. Sure, fun. That's Great. a good off. And what is your third suggestion for spinoff? Uh, th- that I think you would enjoy from that Yes, play. and I'm not even sure, so you have to pitch something to Okay, alright. I think it would be the, the people in those costumes you only saw twice. Just, the whole their, just their day to day I'm imagining like an office style Spin off of just them living in the witch's castle And okay. doing their silly little tasks At what point when they're like in the, the the, She's just come into like whatever power she has I guess it would start whenever she I think it would start before she's in power What is she before that How do you Because th- she has her own castle Is she a queen of some sort Is she royalty or she's just wealthy I th- It sounds like if she enslaved a whole population Maybe that was their castle Right, and then she came in and like murdered their leader. Yeah, maybe that's how the fun office style spin-off starts. Like it starts with her his head hits the floor and then like the smash cut to one of the guards being like, This is gonna be a crazy summer. Well, I guess <laughs> Yeah, maybe. That's, pretty- that's assuming. yeah, that's assuming she comes in evil, or does she like I would want her I would want I think I'd want that show to be like, the witch is a genuinely terrifying, genuinely evil, wonderful performer mm. and the other guys are just idiots. <laughs> The other guys, like the Owie O people. people, are just idiots. Like, they're just, they're, they're all Dwight from The Office. All of them. All of them are Dwight from The Office. That wouldn't get tiresome. No. That's my response to you. I think it's stupid that the Wicked Witch of the West can't get wet. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. <laughs> no. Amazing. Is it? <laughs> yes, downright incredible. Great, that's another week done. Another week done. Oh my god, yes. Hopefully, next week we're a little bit more upbeat. Fingers crossed. Fingers but Who can crossed. say it? Our brains are broken. Our brains are so broken. We're not in charge. We're not driving this bus. Oh, I wish. My my body is 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 giving up on me. Um, If any of you out there are doing anything theatrical that you'd like us to come and see, let us know. We're praisedionysus at gmail.com or just praisedionysus on Instagram. We exist on those platforms. We do. So you can let us know what you're doing and we'll come to it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Otherwise, anything to say, James? Uh, yeah, I guess I would just say that we may already disagree with what we've said because people's opinions change and that's part of being a human. Absolutely. So is sadness. So, oh, God. Yep. But so is joy. Indeed. Well, anything else, Jake? Oh, my God. Before you launch into a song. Yeah. Uh, oh! oh, God, we've got it. Yeah. Uh, just that friends. Don't let friends become theatre critics is all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you on the other side of this one. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Thank you for listening. Hopefully. Hopefully, Praise Dionysus! Praise him! Praise him!